to another episode of the Agility Aspect podcast. At a, the Agility Aspect, we talk about all things product management related, agile related, and we talk about some of the up and coming trends in the tech industry. And today I'm really excited because we have, uh, I would say, an expert in the field. She does very well, um, Brielle. And Brielle's on our show today. We're going to talk a little bit about product backlog management. First and foremost, Brielle, thank you for being on the show. (laughs) I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Jason. For sure. For sure. Yeah. The product backlog is something that is the heart of the team. And a lot of times it gets overlooked. And I know you have uh, um, experience in helping teams out with their product backlog and making sure it's in good shape. So uh, looking forward to kind of picking your brain, getting your insight a little bit today. Okay. Sounds good. I'm excited. Cool. All right. Well, first, Brielle, would you just give us a little bit about your background? I alluded to it, but if you would officially just let us know a couple of things about yourself. Yeah. I'm going to give you like a brief little background about myself um, and my journey. Um, So I started out in the healthcare field a while back. And at some point, I just kind of got burnt out with that client service, you know, one-on-one type thing. And um, I found that I was more of a problem solver and according to the DISC assessment, I'm more of an influencer within teams. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I wanted to make that transition into tech. um, And I remember speaking with a patient and he told me about his role as a scrum master. I'd never heard of it, Um, but he he worked with development teams and he didn't have to code. So I was like, this may be something I can jump on. So I started familiarizing myself with the scrum framework and I obtained my CSM. Um, I landed my role, first role as a Agile BA for a data, data analytics company. And then later I transitioned um, into my current role in FinTech as a Scrum Master. So currently I work with one to three teams, it depends um, in my train, and off, onshore, offshore, um, you know how that goes. And we do great. We deliver every quarter. So it's it's going well. Good, good. Well, first and foremost, I, I just want to say kudos to you um, for making that transition. So you weren't in a typical technology background, but you were able to kind of just, you know, segue into it. And that that's really nice. And I know that I've had some conversations with you about that. And, you know, at first you were trying to figure certain things out, but you're doing an excellent job. Um, and, you know, I, I think that you picked the right next career. So. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's it's been a good fit for me. Yeah. Good, good, good. All right. So uh, let's talk about these backlogs, right? Okay. So so when it comes to the product backlog, um, like I said in the um, beginning, it's something that a lot of people overlook, a lot of teams overlook, product teams overlook. I know when I had to work with them, that's one of the first places that I look at just to see like what they're doing. It's almost like the heart of the team. So Mm -hmm. my question for you is, what would you say is maybe um, in your experience, what is a healthy product backlog look like? What what would you say? Okay. That's a great question. Um, I can think of three things in my opinion. Um, I feel like 
it's well organized. Um, you want a product backlog that's aligned and detailed. It's clean. Um, I find that having it structured by themes or epics works the best. Um, and then that way, everything is aligned with the big picture because you don't really want the product backlog to be an assortment of just a lot of tasks and to-dos. You want it to be concise. So yeah. I would say well-organized is good. Um, another thing I think it makes a healthy backlog is just having enough prioritized product backlog items for two to three sprints. I mean, ideally two sprints. Um, because you want the team to be able to pick up and go and, and stay working. Um, it gives the team, I feel like, focus and direction, and it helps everybody stay in line with the product roadmap. Um, so having that prioritized items are good. Um, one other thing I can think of is just having it, having the product backlog as up to date and ready as possible. You know, sure. having the top ordered product backlog items, making sure those are like well understood. That way they can be easily selected in sprint planning when that comes around. I think that's really helpful to make sure to for a healthy product backlog. Yeah. Yeah. No, those are some very good tips. Um, I'm going to see if I can just remember some of them, right? Um, <laughs> just because they're, they're, they're really good. And, and I appreciate you kind of highlighting some of those things. I think one of the first things that I really liked you talked about is the prioritization uh, of the backlog. And I feel like that's important because when we're working, uh, we're trying to, you know, give something to an end user and there has to be some type of priority there. We can't just be aimlessly working. And so for you to highlight that, I think that that was really good. And one thing that you talked about, and I, I see that some teams struggle with this, is like putting those priorities, if you have a backlog, putting those at the top of the backlog. Mm -hmm. um, you know what I mean? Um, sometimes if you look at a backlog and say, okay, this is really important, but it's like at the bottom or at the middle of it, you know, and you're just kind of thinking like, is this important <laughs> because of where it's located at? So just highlighting that, I think, is is really good. Um, so, yeah, so I appreciate that. And when we're talking about backlogs, though, so there's so many ways that you can organize a backlog. I mean, mm -hmm. it's 2023, so we got <laughs> software tools that we can use. You most definitely can do it manually. But uh, in your experience, uh, has there been any, any particular tool or tools that you've used to help manage a team backlog? Okay. You know, honestly, the the tool I'm currently using and I find to be really effective is good old fashioned Jira. <laughs> um, and I like it because the backlog view, it allows me to see the entire backlog at a glance. Um, so like you just mentioned, like when things are not prioritized and they're kind of at the bottom, if you don't see it, then how can you sometimes prioritize it? So I do like the view that you can have everything at one time. Um, I do also like uh, that you can see at on one view which product backlog items have been estimated already or which ones have not been estimated. You can also see which items the uh, epics, I'm sorry, yeah, which epics the product backlog items are associated with right on that one screen. So it really helps with organization. Um, another thing I like about using Jira uh, to manage the, the backlog is you also can see the sprints as well. Uh, at the same time. And so if you need to quickly know, okay, the next two sprints, 
is my backlog healthy? You can view it one time. Um, another tool I find effective, Jason, is using queries in JIRA. Um, I like the fact that you can have a very detailed query if needed. It's extremely helpful. So like, you know, if I want to say, let's pull all the product backlog items or PBIs, I can like make it shorter um, within one initiative. Let's say I want to find all the PBIs for one initiative for the current PI or the next PI. I can do that very easily if I just use a, a query in JIRA. And then once I do that, once I can see them laid out, depending on if they're split across the PIs or within other different epics, that way I can see it as well. But it just gives me a very, I would say, bird's eye view when I need to find the details to make sure the product backlog stays manageable. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, that, And again, I'll, I'll see if I can <laughs> kind of just like recite some of those things because there's so many good points. Number one, and this is not a plug for JIRA, obviously. Um, but a lot in the industry use that as their backlog management tool. And it's so robust. There's so many things that you can do with that. Uh, and it sounds like you, you may, are making good use of it. Um, when you were kind of talking about the queries, so not everybody really knows about that. You know, you can do, hmm. and I think we call it jQuils. Or, or it's almost yeah. like, yeah, yeah <laughs> like, you know, like a sequel, but it's not. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And so if you get familiar with using that query, that query logic or that language, there's you can pretty much pull like anything within JIRA, right? You really can. I mean, like you said, it's it's kind of like that SQL based. So once I get in there, once you really start playing with it and you're like, I wonder, can I find this, this and this or the it? it it's infinite. You really can take off. And it's been helpful, you know, not only for me, but for the product owner. Um, I've made a couple uh, customized queries that really help them pinpoint what they need. And so they just let me know. And it's been helpful to save time um, and help them focus. Wow. Look at you. Yeah, that's that's nice that you're, you know, um, able to do that. And I agree. I mean, and then I think also one of the aspects of JIRA that I've seen some use and sometimes they'll leverage like those jQuery queries is like building dashboards. If you want to mm. look at some some of the dashboards, you can kind of um, use it that way as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we got the work management tools. We got, you know, you talked about prioritization. You talked about, um, you know, where we want to make sure that uh, our epics are there. I heard you talk a little bit about, you know, the estimating of the backlog mm -hmm. and you know, that really kind of gets into some of the other things that I wanted to talk about here today. So when we're looking at product teams, just from like a bird's eye view or like that bird's eye level, um, they have so many initiatives. And so mm -hmm. they have to be able to manage those initiatives appropriately. And to do that, it requires a certain amount of meetings. And so I'm not big on meetings. But I know that they are, when done the right way, they can be productive um, and, and we need those. And so when we're talking about meetings and we're talking about backlogs and even some teams have what they call OKRs or, or what have you, um, what are some of the meetings that you have either facilitated or you've seen that have helped with backlog management? Okay, that's a great question. Um, the first thing I want to say is I used to think that it backlog management specifically had to be within a certain meeting. Like if it wasn't 
this meeting, then you couldn't do it. But honestly, just, you know, reading the Scrum Guide more, I've come to learn that the refinement of the product backlog is a continuous activity. Um, so that's going to be done daily. You may hear something or something may occur in DSU um, when you're in stand-up, or it could be at another meeting, um, just, you know, getting details and estimates and alignments. But if I had to like pinpoint it down to a specific meeting, um, I would see, say, a weekly grooming or refinement session. Um, so that's something that, you know, I facilitate once a week. Um, the Scrum Guide typically says that you should only spend about 10% of the Scrum team's time on refining the product backlog. So like I said, I keep it to once a week, typically about an hour. Um, and so I like that meeting because the epics that have been prioritized by the product owner, they can then be further refined by the team. So, you know, everything's listed. Um, we can go through it together. We can talk about what's the goal of the epic, you know, making sure the team understands that. Um, and beforehand, any details that I can have, you know, added or gotten from the, the product owner, making sure those are in the epic ready to go. Um, how much estimated time needs to be spent on analysis versus development versus the testing for that particular epic. Um, sure. That's important. So we can refine that. Um, and then, you know, user stories, they're created, they're sized, um, and also sprinted. That's important because it's nice to refine the backlog, but if you're like not sprinting, then you're just going to have a whole cluttered backlog that's True. not really prioritized like we talked about in the beginning. So I found it really helpful that it's as soon as possible, if you can get those items sprinted, it's really, really important. Um, one thing I do as well is I make sure that I come prepared. I said that, but also sending out an agenda ahead of time <laughs> to the team. It emphasizes the importance of the grooming session. It's not just a meeting that you can be like, eh, I don't have to go to it today. Um, it shows them what we're there for. It gives them the objectives and it helps the team see the importance of it. Perfect. Yeah, th those are a lot of good points. Um, I'm trying to think where I want to start with because you, you said <laughs> a mouthful of things, but you know, all of them are excellent. I, I think one thing that I'm impressed by in that answer is where you were just talking about First and foremost, there is a meeting, but it's almost like that is like a safety net. So you can refine it continuously. And I'm kind of glad that you you brought that out. The other thing is when you're talking about like looking at and refining epics, sometimes that gets missed. Um, the estimated mm -hmm. amount of work for an epic and an epic is, you know, a larger amount of work. So it's going to take lo uh, longer than two, three, four, whatever sprints, you know, and so you set up an epic. But look, you guys look at that in your refinement meetings, right? That's what you were saying? Correct. Yep. Mm -hmm. And if it needs to be split out between sprints, we'll know because we're discussing it. And that's, again, with, you know, the estimation, you know, will this be done in one sprint or two sprints? You know, are we going to meet our, our goals? Are we going to make the sit cycle start? All that's discussed so that we can make sure that everything is aligned properly. And we try to hit that within each epic because again, once you have the epics fully refined or refined as much as possible, there's always can be improvements that really just helps the flow of the work go better. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, who's all involved in your, your meetings? Like as um, far so as like on the team, who do you who do you have? Yeah, so in in our uh, meetings, it's I'm 
the Scrum Master, I facilitate. The product owner is there. Of course, the development uh, team is there. Um, we also have um, senior engineers that will come through when needed to discuss like more like an SME for the Epic. Um, we'll sure. ping them and invite them to the call. Um, sometimes our RTE will join. Um, that's typically who's involved in those grooming sessions. We don't want a, too much outside influence because then it can just, you can start getting requirements that you never even heard of. Right, <laughs> and we don't right. want that, you know, so we keep it more internal. Yeah, that, that's probably wise too, because one of the things that I've seen is, I mean, number one, they're not doing the work. So it's like, okay, who's going to be doing the work? You know, uh, mm -hmm. all these people have this say about what they want and the requirements and do this or do that. But at the end of the day, you got a certain team that's going to be, you know, doing doing the work. So having them there is important. So, yes, yeah, so I, I think that's really good. And it's a very beneficial meeting. Um, sometimes it can be an hour. Sometimes it can be and I don't know in your experience, but I know what I experienced when I was a scrum master and sometimes when I teach or coach product teams, they say it took us 20 minutes because they've been on top of it. Um, and, I, and I'm like, okay, well, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, but, but what's been your experience with, with that just as far as like the duration, has it normally been an hour or does it? It's normally been an hour. Um, I feel like that's kind of like a good time period. Now, 20 minutes, that's a stretch. <laughs> I don't know if we could do it in 20 <laughs> one, minutes. I mean, like one, one story, maybe. I don't know. Correct. Right. Correct. You know, like maybe one story, but I feel like, you know, again, the team's time is valuable and it's not like we can do this multiple times a week. So if everybody's committed um, to meeting that one time of the week for an hour, we like to maximize that time. So in my experience, that's just, it's been good for me an hour now. And if in the future, as things progress, y'all might say like, oh, 30 minutes, but I think an hour is good. Good, good. Yeah. And and I don't think that's kind of like, you know, one size fits all no. teams, mm -mm. you know, mm -mm. and I've, I've been in sessions that have been two hours, you know, they got a brand new backlog and maybe they're in a, like a discovery phase and they're trying to understand things. And so there's a lot of questions from the uh, developers or mm -hmm. whoever might be there, architects or whatever. And so it takes longer. And then I've been in some that have been 30, 45 minutes, but they've mm -hmm. been a little more mature. But the fact that you're having it, and I think you're calling out some of the main points is really good. So, so thanks for that. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, I'm going to move right along. Um, so with the backlog, as we talked about the maturity level, it does matter. It takes a certain amount of time to validate the backlog, make sure it's in, in shape. We talked about continuously trying to improve on just the backlog and where it's at, refining it and things uh, to that nature. So in my question, and I'm going to call it a backlog audit, I don't, I don't know. But, um, what else? But <laughs> so the last time that one. you performed, yeah, we'll say the last time that you did a, a backlog audit on your team, right? So this are teams because I know you you have more than one. So mm -hmm. last time you looked at the backlog, um, what are some things that you found? Okay, yeah, I was I found a couple of surprises. Um, so one thing that I found was some stories that were no longer in scope. And either that was because they, you know, that specific feature was descoped, um, or the entire project initiative had been pushed out on the roadmap. 
um, and that needed to be reflected and updated in the product backlog stories. Um, and that also happened too, like, you know, when I joined a team, I'm new to the backlog essentially, you know, so I have to then go through and kind of sift and, and review and, and maybe do a little cleanup. So that's something that happens in, inadvertently. Um, also, sometimes I've found that internal application enhancements, they're no longer a priority or they were just deemed unnecessary. So those aren't needed anymore, but they were just kind of still sitting at the bottom of the backlog, just hanging out, chilling. Um, so, you know, just trying to get those cleaned up is important. I think those are the few that I, the, just a couple examples, but it's really important, like you mentioned, to do that audit um, because you don't want your backlog to be bogged down um, and you don't want irrelevant or outdated stories in there. You want to you want to stay on top of it because it can get out of control if you don't and you turn around and you're like, you know, I really need to clean this up. And so if you do a little bit each week, I'm not saying to audit every week, but, you know, maybe once a month or whatnot, um, because if you really yeah, stay up on reasonable. it, you know, yeah, you can mm -hmm. you can kind of clean and weed out as you go, especially for me personally. Um, I definitely try to do it once a month. But then at, when I'm approaching a PI, I found it's actually really helpful in um, typically. The refinement sessions I was talking about, normally once a week, but close to the PI planning, um, maybe another session for that week. Um, I'll go through any questionable items with the team, you know, so that's an easy way to do an audit. You know, just sit down like, hey, here's that agenda. Here is these items that I'm unsure about. Can we discuss these? Are we moving them to the next PI? What's are they still in the roadmap? What are we going to do with them? And so that really, you know, gets the engagement uh, with the team. Yeah, that's nice. Um, I'm going to ask you one thing. So mm -hmm. we're saying PI, right? And we we mm -hmm. we know what that means, program increment. But, oh, yeah. Or some people do like a big room planning. Um, my question to you is when you're having like a big room planning or a PI planning, have you found that it's went a lot smoother when you've kind of looked at the backlog? as opposed to you go into this big planning and you haven't really looked at the backlog. Like what's your experience with that? <laughs> That's a great question. Jason, it is a recipe for disaster and chaos. If you do not look at the backlog before a big planning event. <laughs> um, I have to say that with my train, um, our RTE does a really great job of making sure he checks in with all of the scrum masters, all of the product owners to make sure that we're prepared for PI. Um, but something like as what I do, like with my teams and the product owner, um, I will beforehand, actually, I'll pull out an old fashioned Excel sheet um, and, you know, yeah, I'll still, import. Still works. They still work and there's nothing. They still work. So I'll pull that out, um, export all of the the product backlog items that I need to on that sheet. And just, again, just refine, go through them. And anything we may have not missed in a planning session, but needs a little bit more tweaking before the big PI or, you know, the session planning session, um, we'll go sure. through them so that when we get to the PI planning, um, it's just we're just pretty much saying here's what we've discussed you know, in the, the weeks up to this planning session, has there been any changes? Have we, you know, gotten more details? Do we need to discover more dependencies? You know, have we discovered more dependencies? Just those type of conversations are coming into play and not necessarily what's this epic about or what are we doing? <laughs> you know, all right. that stuff was taken care I've of. Seen it. Exactly, exactly. So the time is just a little bit, a lot of 
better to, you know, be more streamlined for that, that planning, that big planning session. Yeah, that's a great answer. And um, I almost knew the the answer to that question, but, <laughs> you know, but I didn't know, you know, just kind of the details that you, mm-hmm. that you gave, which are really good because, you know, not only does the backlog help you to deliver to the end user the right thing that they're looking for, something functional that they enjoy, that they can use, um, but it, it also helps you along that roadmap. So when you have these PIs or program increments, as you said, having a backlog that's together is going to help you in those meetings, right? So when I go mm-hmm. into that, I know what are some of my my big chunks or my milestones or my features that I want to present during that time. And we know what's in our backlog. So it just makes it just makes everything smoother. It makes everybody's life a lot easier, right? You know, I agree. Um, totally agree. When it's together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like you're doing a really good job with that. And, you know, uh, I, I know the career that you had before, but what you're doing now, you know, is it sounds like you're really, you know, um, progressing. And I wouldn't tell that you had not been doing this for, I don't know, X amount of years. Um, so you're, you're doing a really good job. So keep up the good work. Thanks, Jason. Like, I've been really happy to make that transition. And I always appreciate, you know, any feedback you can give me. So I appreciate that. Yep. Yep. Well, yeah. Keep up the good work. That's, that's my feedback. It sounds like what you're doing is really good. And, you know, I just appreciate you taking some time to talk about the the backlog because it's something that's really important. And I felt like I wanted to just kind of designate an episode where we can kind of talk about the importance of the backlog. And, you know, um, I I really appreciate you again, taking the time to, to do that. So that's a wrap. Um, Brielle, again, thanks for being on, um, you know, appreciate the insight that you gave us. And, you know, I think what we can take from this is if your backlog is out of shape, get it into shape. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Short and sweet, but thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Jason. I enjoyed being on. Cool. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up. So that's agility aspect podcast. We talk about all things are product management related, all things that are agile related. And today we talked about the product backlog and get it in, getting it in shape. So we'll see you at our next episode and take care. Get your